Glory to God. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to be able to be here. I'm glad you're able to be here. For months I preached to uh, empty chairs. Huh? And uh, we were glad we could do that too. And and to Phyllis. Yeah, I preached to Phyllis. <laughs> We've actually been able to travel some these last few weeks. I ministered uh, a couple of different places in Texas and uh, Louisville, Kentucky. I mean, Indiana is where it was actually. So we, we've been getting around some, but not like, you know, times past. But thank God that we are able. We have opportunity. Would you look in Ephesians, the fourth chapter, please? We began a few weeks ago on a series that we're calling No Place for the Devil. (laughs) No room, no place for the devil. In Ephesians 4, and there's much about this subject in this book of Ephesians, just six short chapters, if you read it looking for the things we're talking about now, it'll be eye-opening. In uh, Ephesians 4, he said, uh, verse 24, that you put on the new man, Ephesians 4, 24, put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we're members one of another. Now, he's writing to Christians and tells them to to stop lying. Huh? He is. If you read the first uh, part of the book, it's to the saints at Ephesus. These are saved people. These are even tongue-talking people. Would you need to write to born-again, tongue-talking people and tell them, quit lying. Stop lying. Well, he did. The Spirit of God did. Then he said, uh, verse 26, Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Uh, two great revelations here, well, more than that, but uh, just because you got angry, that doesn't mean you sinned. God himself gets angry, right? But just because you get angry and even really angry, that doesn't mean you have to act on that anger. It doesn't mean you have to speak words of anger. It doesn't mean you have to try to get back at somebody. You can be very angry and do nothing. (laughs) Get a hold of yourself. Right? And he specifically says, don't let uh, that anger, I'll say it like this, don't stew in that anger. Don't just marinate. (laughs) (laughs) in the anger. Now you're laughing, but don't raise a hand, but have you you ever done it? 
Have you ever fumed for days about something? If you did, you sinned. Did you hear me, friend? You sinned. You missed it. Or I missed it. Because he he didn't say try not to. He said don't don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Well, if you'd just obey the Bible and I'd just obey the Bible, that means we'd never be mad and upset about something over uh, what eight to twelve hours, huh? We never would. And if you say, I just can't help it. They just really made me so mad. That's a lie. You're going to tell the Holy Spirit you can't do what he told you to do? You're going to tell the Lord you can't do it? It's not true. It's a choice. And there's so many reasons why the Lord would tell us this, but we are not designed to handle uh, rage and anger. And depression and anxiety, it just, it destroys you. It, it uh, weakens your immune system. It messes up your digestive system. It, it clogs your circulatory system. It jams your nervous system. I mean, it just messes you up. It can aid you. It will aid you. Prematurely, can cut off decades from what you should live. What do you mean? Going around upset about something. And if you, if you let him. The enemy will keep you. Upset. About something. All the time. Because just about time you get over one thing. Guess what? Boom. Something else to be mad about. Something else to be hurt about. Something else to worry about. We are commanded to cast all of our cares. Isn't that right? Over on him. We are commanded to forgive and not hold a grudge. Ever. Regardless of the circumstance. Regardless of what they did. We are commanded to not even be angry past the whole day. No, no uh, exceptions for why you were angry. Maybe you had a legitimate reason for being mad. Still, you better get a hold of it because you are commanded to, to be over it by dark. And you know this is this is not happening because how many times have you ever heard this? What's wrong? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Two days later, is something wrong? No. What's wrong? Nothing. Sin. 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 And one of the reasons it's sin, read the next verse. Neither give place to the devil. In doing this, 
You give access to the devil. You give room, you give opportunity for the devil to talk, to act, to move, to work. If somebody, yourself or some other person, yields to anger, rage, bitterness, holding a grudge, all these things, or fear, or worry, or depression for days. You can feel it when you walk in the room with them. Can you or not? You can, you can feel it. Well, what are you feeling? What is that? That's not something you can see. It's not something you can touch with your hand. What is that? See, there, there are people that try to say, well, I, no, all this spirit stuff, I don't, I don't believe in that. I'm an educated person, you know. Uh, I only believe in what I can see and feel. That's a lie. They believe in thoughts. They believe in emotions. They believe in feelings. They believe in all that. Well, well, that's not something you can touch or see or feel with your hand. So where's, what's going on? What do you, you say you feel it, and it can't, you can't even feel it, it can affect your flesh, but more so you sense it, and you're aware of it. And what it is, is evil spirit activity, bad spirit activity. You can feel it, you can sense it. You don't have to be a preacher, an apostle, you don't have to have word of knowledge or discerning of spirits. Just as a born again child of God, especially if you'll pray once in a while and read your Bible and try to pay attention, you will sense things. Can you sense something good? Can you sense and perceive joy and peace? And when God's good Holy Spirit is moving and manifesting, you can sense that. You can experience that. Well, there are other spirits that are doing bad things, and you can sense that as well. So yielding to these things is giving place to the enemy, and he charges us not to do that. Don't give the devil any place. The Amplified says... Leave no room or foothold for the devil. Give no opportunity to him. And all the people said, Amen. how about just saying okay? <laughs> Let me read it again. Leave no room or foothold for the devil. And he mentioned us two big things that give room to the devil and they were lying and being angry. So we know already these are things that, that we've got to watch. Uh, in Matthew 6, they'll just put it on the screen for us. Matthew 6, I, I tell you, how about you go to 1 John 4 while I talk to you about these other verses. You can head on over to 1 John, the fourth chapter, and they'll put this on the screen. In Matthew 6.13... Part of what we call the Lord's Prayer. He, he prayed and taught them and us to pray. And lead us not 
into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Everybody said out loud, deliver us from evil. Evil must exist. Now, we don't use the word evil as uh, uh, much now as in some of the older uh, vernacular. Our word we would use today would be bad. Evil, uh, the, the definition of the word is hurtful, harmful, bad. We would say bad. And it really is good or bad. The Holy Spirit is good. Right? The devil is bad. God's holy angels are good. Demons are bad. Evil spirits are, another word for it would be bad spirits. Bad spirits. And it It's real eye-opening when we acknowledge it. The scripture tells us, if you read the book of Revelation and look at the contrast between Genesis, the very beginning and then the end of what we know about human beings. In the beginning, when, when God created everything, there was nothing bad in his original creation. Nothing at all. That you could point to and say that's bad. Nothing. On which day did God create cancer? It was not a part of his original creation. Or AIDS. Or any other kind of thing. On which day did he create tornadoes? Hurricanes. Earthquakes. And yet you'll have people, even companies saying that a tornado destroyed houses and killed people and it was an act of God. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. When everything that God made, Genesis said he looked at it and said what? He made something and he said, and it was good. He made something else, it was good. He made something else, it was good. Then he, he made everything, he, he looked at it and he said, behold, it is very good. All of it was at very good. And yet, we got a lot of bad stuff in the world today. Where did it come from? It didn't come out of God's original creation. It happened when the enemy, the devil, threw the serpent, beguiled and deceived Adam and Eve... And they yielded to him and followed him and fell and the curse came and death came. And here you fast forward to the end of the book. And when the enemy is removed from human contact, he and all his cohorts, he and all the demons and all the evil spirits are completely removed from human contact. You know what you have then? No pain. No death. No sorrow. Oh, come on, are y'all listening? No crying. Is it true or not? Is that what the Bible says? Well, then, 
all the evil, the hurt, the pain, the cruelty, the death, the destruction, the distortion, the devil is either directly or indirectly involved with. Because when you take him out of the equation, you don't have it anymore. Now, not to say that human beings are innocent of all this. Because <laughs> human beings are the ones that let him in the first, to begin with. And the ones that keep on cooperating with him to this current hour. But we need to acknowledge and realize that there's more going on than what you see in the natural. There are, God is real. And he is spirit. Hmm? The devil is real, and he is spirit. Angels are real. They're spirits, and evil spirits are real, right? They are active. Things are going on, and it's not something for us, for a child of God, to be afraid of, because when you find out the truth, when you find out who you are, they're afraid of you. I'm quoting scripture. The Bible said that the demons... They acknowledge the the one God and they shudder, one translation said. They quake. They shudder when they think about God. You say, what's that got to do with me? God lives in you. The Holy Spirit is in you. Is it true, child of God? And that's why if you... Find out who you are and begin to act like who you are and you resist the devil. Tell me what happens next. What happens next? The Bible said he will flee from you because you're the one that resisted him. Go to 1 John, please. 1 John 4. How are we doing? Are we okay? Thank God for the Word of God, for the Holy Spirit. It builds us up. It strengthens us. It gives us faith. Huh? More is going on right now than you know. Spiritual activity and the good kind. The Holy Spirit activity is going on right now. If you'll listen, if you'll be aware and awake, if you'll receive it, if you'll lay hold of it, your spirit will become stronger. Your vision will come up. Your awareness will come up. 1 John 4, verse 1. I'm reading this from the NIV. 1 John 4, 1. He said, dear friends, do not believe every spirit. Are there spirits around? And what, what did the Spirit of God say? Don't believe every spirit. You ever heard this? Did you... Your mom ever tell you this? Don't believe everything you hear. Or your daddy, your grandpa. That's scriptural. Don't believe. Oh my. (laughs) Really. When it comes to God. You need to immediately. Completely accept and believe what he said. Without any examination. Or question. You just immediately, completely believe it, accept it. When it comes to everybody else, no. And I mean everybody else. 
Are y'all with me or not? It, it is. <laughs> the enemy. This is so much of where he works. Is he'll suggest something to people. And they just decide it's true. And run off with it. Or they hear something. That a so called expert supposedly said. And with no other verification, they just accept it as truth and preach it and get ready to fight and die for it. And it may be completely untrue. You need to and I need to continually when it comes to what we're hearing and seeing out of all around us out of people, we need to be questioning it. On a regular basis. Is that true? Is that right? Yeah but where did that come from? Who said that? How do they know? Hmm? You need to be quick to believe God. Not everybody. Quick. To completely. Believe what God tells you. Without examination. Because you know the source. Right? If he said it, he knows what he's talking about. Right? And he's right. And he's never going to lie to you. But everything, even good people that love you, they can be wrong. Huh? They, they could get bad information. So you want to be, one of the things that's helped me and helped Phyllis and I so much is growing up some and not believing everything that people say. I'm, you know, I, I don't fight with everybody about it, but I do not just believe something because I heard it. Yeah, but so and so and everybody believes it. Well, that's that's a lie right there. Everybody believes. You know, everybody don't believe. And then even this one, you know, all experts agree. Well, you know that's a lie. You know that's a lie. There is no field. Where all experts agree. First <laughs> John 4. Do not believe every spirit. But do what? Test. Test the spirits. How do you do that? Test the spirits. To, to see what? To see whether they're from God. Why? Because they may not be. Why would you need to uh, to tell somebody that? The spirits, it may not be from God. Well, uh, hold your place there. Or they'll put it up on the screen for us. In uh, 2 Corinthians, I believe it is. Let me find it. I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit, but that's okay. 2 Corinthians 11. This is really important. I could use an extra few minutes today. Huh? You in a, you in a big rush? We don't, need, we don't even have evening services, so. And we got padded seats. Padded, padded seats. And climate control. Uh, 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen. Well, let's read 13. 2 Corinthians eleven thirteen. The Spirit of God through Paul said, Such men are false apostles, 
deceitful workers. That's one of the key identifying characteristics of the enemy's activity is anytime there is a lie. You know it can't be God. You know it has to be the enemy involved. Deceitful workers transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. Keep reading. And no marvel for Satan himself is what? Transformed into what? Into an angel of light. It goes on to say, um, therefore it's no great thing if his ministers. Satan has ministers? (laughs) Also be transformed. But how do they come to you? They, they don't come to you sticking their tongue out and making devil horn signs. Huh? No. How do they come to you? Quoting scripture. Talking about God. Talking about God. The enemy, two of his biggest things he has pulled off, most successful things he has pulled off with mankind, is convincing a bunch of the population he doesn't even exist. And so you are never going to resist what doesn't exist. Can you see that? Which means he can just operate unchecked with people who don't even believe he exists. The other thing. Is with the people. Who do believe he exists. He's been able to convince them. Believers in God. That what he brought them. Was from God. Now I know that's unsettling. It's not nice to think about. But it is reality. Am I reading the scriptures? What happened with Adam and Eve? Huh? What was he telling her? She'll she'll be and they'll be as gods. Right? Knowing good and evil. That's that's enlightenment. That's development. That's coming up to a higher level. What what did he tell Jesus? All the kingdoms of the world could be his. Is that right? Prove and demonstrate his faith. Jump off the pinnacle of the temple. Did he quote scripture to him? Did he say it's written? Did the devil quote scripture to Jesus? Did he say it's written? Huh? He'll give his angels charge over you and they'll bear you up in in their hands lest you dash your foot against a stone. He quoted scripture and he quoted it correctly. But he tried to get Jesus to misapply it. He tried to get him to act on not the leading of the spirit, but the leading of the devil. Now, people say, well, ignorance is bliss. I, I don't want to know all this. this. I just want to live my life. Well, then you'll be one that's dominated and controlled by wrong spirits much of your life. And you won't even realize what's going on. You'll just know how miserable you are 
how things just keep going wrong, keep going wrong, keep going wrong. No, the Bible tells us, be vigilant. Didn't it say that? First Peter, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, he goes about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may, don't you like that word? Don't you like, not just devouring everybody, looking for who he can devour, whom he may devour. Well, what determines who he may devour and who he may not? Those that yield to him and those that don't. Those who resist him. The very next verse says, whom resist steadfast in the faith. Glory to God. Go back to First John there, 4. Why would you need to tell anyone? Test the spirits. To find out what? To see if they're from God or not. Because not everybody taught in the Bible is from God. Not everybody that said they prayed and got something got it from God. Not everybody that's quoting scripture. What they're saying is from God. Test the spirits to see whether they're from God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Not just a couple, many. There are a lot of folks speaking by the wrong spirit. And this this can I know in the early days of uh, of my walk with the Lord in ministry, that was something surprising to me and a little bit confusing. Is that you would see people and everything on the outside looked like it was of God and from God, but something bothered you about it. You couldn't put your finger on it. And of course, that's exactly right. If it's spirit, you can't put your finger on it. <laughs> you couldn't, you thought, well, yeah, but I mean, they're saying all the right things and they're even quoting scriptures and, and, and they're dressed so nice and <laughs> they talk so well. But what did the Bible say? Test what? Test what? Not their intelligence. Huh? Not their scripture knowledge. Test what? What what kind of spirit is behind that? Where did that come from? Where did those thoughts come from? Those those imaginations, those feelings, that influence. Where did that come from? Verse 2. This is how you recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. Keep going. Every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of anti-Christ, which you've heard is coming and even now is already in the world. Are there spirits in the world working against Jesus? Denying who he is, what he is. There are billions of people who reject the notion that Jesus is the uh, uh, Son of God and that he was born of a virgin and that he died on the cross. 
There are billions of people on the planet who adamantly reject that. They'll try to be nice and say that they okay, I'll respect your religion if you respect mine. But there are evil spirits behind this. The spirit of Antichrist that we are not to be tolerant of. We're not supposed to try to shove something down somebody else's throat. But we don't allow that we're going to agree with any of this stuff. That is rejecting and dismissive and disrespectful of the head of the church. The one and the only. Jesus. Yeshua. The master. Huh? There are not many ways to God. He said he is the way, the truth, the life, and that nobody can come to the Father except by him. Now, anybody that disagrees with that or opposes that, we know there is a spirit of Antichrist influencing them. True or not? And this is one way we test the spirits. Let me back up a little. Obviously, if somebody says Jesus is not the Christ, he's not the Son of God, he's not the only Savior, that's obviously a wrong spirit. Hmm? The enemy's behind that. But the enemy is very subtle and crafty. He cannot help himself but be disrespectful. I'm giving you some uh, a key thing here now. He gives himself away with his disrespect. Even when he tries to, to act like he is, he can't help it. He will be rude. He will be dismissive. He will speak derogatorily. It's his nature. It comes out of him. No matter how much he tries to hide it, he is disrespectful disrespectful on the other hand God big part of his inside his being his makeup is honor honor oh hallelujah it's deep it's powerful it's strong it's a big part of what he is and those that know him and are motivated by his spirit they show honor to God and to man they do. Uh, keep reading. He said, uh, this is the spirit of Antichrist, which you've heard is coming even now. is already in the world. Keep reading. You, dear children, are from God. Did you know you're from God? You're of God. Say, I'm of God. I'm of God. And you have overcome them. Say, what? Say, what? Why? Because Jesus already whooped them. Already put them down. He, he already done did. Now they're, you know, they're still roaming around and doing some stuff uh, until they're corralled and, and put in the pit in the lake of fire. But uh, the work's been done. The basis on which it'll all play out has already happened. And you, dear children, you're of God. You're in God. He's in you. And you've overcome them. Why? Not because you know everything. Not because you've done everything perfect. But because there's somebody else. 
who lives inside you. You're a spirit, but there's another spirit that lives inside you. He has taken up his residency inside you so that he never leaves. Isn't that what the Bible said? He never leaves. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. And he is greater than the one and all the other spirits, bad spirits that are in the world. Oh, you can shout about this the rest of the day, rest of the week, rest of the month. Somebody say, greater is he who is in me than he that's in the world. Well, who's in the world? The devil and all his cohorts. But they are lesser, dumber, weaker than the one that's in me. There's a big gap between them. (laughs) Go to Matthew, please. Matthew 23. I was hoping I could get here today, and here we are. And I gave you the wrong scripture. (laughs) Matthew 16, I believe. Yeah, Matthew 16. Matthew 16. Great things are happening in our midst. Faith life people are some of the most spiritually aware huh and most spirit led people on the earth in this generation and if you were smart even a little bit you'd go yes amen yes I agree with that I join my faith with that huh I accept that it's uh, it's available to many but most people just ignore it and, and don't take advantage of it. But the Lord's helping us to walk in the light and to not be blind and ignorant to the enemy's devices and all the stuff he's doing and not, and not have all this help inside us and us not use it and us not take advantage of it. In Matthew 16, Matthew 16 and 13. Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi. He asked his disciples. He said, whom do men say that I, the son of man, am? Who do people say I am? And they said, well, some say. And you'll get this all the time, won't you? Like we are saying before. Everybody agrees? No, they don't. Some say this. Some say that. You'll always have that. Some say you're John the Baptist. Was he John the Baptist? No, he wasn't. Some say Elijah. And still others say he's Jeremiah. And others say, well, he's one of the prophets. (laughs) So there's a difference of opinion about who he is. And verse... uh, 15, he said, but who do you say that I am? Oh, man, this is the question. I'm telling you, 
where you spend eternity is determined by how you answer this question. Who do you say Jesus is? We just got through looking at spirits that say Jesus is not the Son of God. That God wasn't manifested in the flesh. He's not the Messiah. That's wrong spirits, bad spirits. If that's what you say, you're lost. But uh, Simon Peter, he, he spoke up. He said, you are the Christ. <laughs> Whoo! You are the son of the living God. This is big. You, you got to remember now, Isaiah prophesied about Jesus and said there was no comeliness about him that we should desire him. You would not see Jesus walking down the road and go, it's Jesus, the Son of God. You wouldn't do that. He, he mixed with everybody else. He looked like other people. In so many ways, he sounded like other people. And these men have been traveling with him. Eating meals with him, doing services with him. And yet, without hesitation, <laughs> without any ambiguity, Peter says, You the Christ. <laughs> You're him. You're him. You're the Son of God. <laughs> and I, I hope the other guys said, Amen. Yeah. Amen. But you, you know, Peter had his issues here and there. But this time, he got it right, brother. And I mean, did he get it right? I mean, when he blew it, he blew it big. But when he got it right, he got it right big. I mean, here we are all these centuries later shouting about how right on Peter got it this day. He may be hearing this right now going, you got that right. I got it. I got it. God, let's don't talk about the other stuff. But I got this today. Nobody else was saying it. People were kicking it around, debating it, wondering it. The general population, they were going, well, I think he could be Elijah, you know. He could be John the Baptist, or or he could be, and he could be, I think maybe, or, you know, who knows? Well, he's one of the prophets. I'm pretty sure about that. Peter says, you the Christ. You are the Christ. The Son of God. That's who you are. <laughs> Verse 17. Jesus said, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah. Called both his names. <laughs> Blessed are you, boy. Flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. Where did Peter get this? He didn't get it out of this realm. He got it from the spirit realm. Huh? He got it from the spirit of the Father. My Father, which is in heaven. In other words, he revealed it to you. God is spirit. And Peter got this in his spirit from the Father. That's why he, he said it so unequivocally. He said it without hesitation. 
He said it without explanation. Why? Because he was open to it. He was already looking that way. He was open to believing it. And when Jesus asked him that question, well, who, because he's asking all the guys, who do you say I am? Man, it hit Peter. Huh? The Father revealed it inside Peter, and boy, it came out of him like a blast. He said, you're the Christ. You're the Son of God. Can you see when there's revelation like this, it is not reasoning. It is knowing. Hmm? There's no debate, no discussion. Knowing. Being sure, being confident. Why? Because you got it straight from the throne. I mean, I reckon God knows what he's talking about. Right? And if the Father says, he's the Christ, the Son of God, and that comes up in your spirit, what are you going to say? you the Christ, the Son of God. Yeah, but what? I ain't no whatabouts. Yeah, but could he be? No, he's not. He's the Christ, the Son of God. That's who you are. Jesus said, mm-hmm, Simon, boy, Jonah, boy, you got it. Flesh and blood did not reveal that to you. You didn't figure it out. Nobody around you figured that out. You got that from the spirit realm. You got that from the Father through your spirit. Keep reading. And I say to you, you're Peter. And upon this rock, not the rock of Peter, the rock of the revelation he just expressed, that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. I'll build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. That has, the gates have to do with the authorities and the rulers. No matter what they do, uh, the enemy, no matter the previous generations, the current or future generations, the devil is not and will never be able to destroy the church. Amen. Ain't happened. Ain't ever going to happen. Is the Lord still building his church? He is building his church. People are getting saved all over the world. Every day, living stones are being sealed into place, making up the edifice, the building, the church of God. And no matter what the authorities, the rulers of the darkness of this world do, they will never be able to prevail over the church. Uh, Verse 19 And I will give to you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Now, Peter's having a shining moment, but this should be a warning. There's some stuff you're going to need to bind. Huh? There's some stuff you're going to need to shut down. And there's some things you need to loose. Keep reading. Then charged his disciples that they should tell no man that he was Jesus the Christ. So he's not seeking publicity. 
From that time forth began Jesus to show to his disciples how that he must go into Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and raised again the third day. And they were not thinking like this. They were thinking he's going to become the ruler and restore Israel and the kingdom of Israel. And they're going to throw off Roman rule and they're going to regain the place and the power and the glory like when David sat on the throne and Solomon sat on the throne. This is not the plan they had in mind. Remember they asked him at one point, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He's talking about suffering many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and being killed and being raised the third day. Verse 22. Then Peter... Who, who can hear from God? Who gets things in the spirit? Is everybody awake? Man, this is, this is so important. Huh? Did Peter hear from God? Tell my verse back. Did Peter hear from God? Man, no question. I mean... To have Jesus himself confirm that you heard from God. Does it get any bigger than that? Huh? You heard from God. Jesus said you heard from the Father. You heard from God. You're at the pinnacle of spiritual operation, brother. Are you spiritually aware? Did you hear from God? I'm talking about what happened with Peter. Yes. Yes. But now, how much time elapsed between these two things? I mean, we're like, what, two verses? I don't think there's much time here. We could be talking about morning and afternoon. Or less. Peter took him and began to rebuke him. What? Say what? What did I tell you a few minutes ago? That the devil can't hide. His disrespect. I don't care how much you heard from God. I don't give you the right to disrespect the Lord. Huh? You'll see this. Phyllis and I have seen this in ministry and with people that we've worked with and helped. They, they heard from God and got something right. But then they thought, you know, nobody can tell them anything. And went off the rails. Messed up. It's called P-R-I-D-E. It's ugly. And you get to thinking that I can hear from God. Well, yes, you can. And thank God that you can. But what is the Bible talking about when it says be vigilant? Be on the watch. Why? Because the enemy, he's out there. 
He's looking for an opportunity. And how does he come? Not with a pitchfork. How does he come? Like an angel of light. Like a messenger from God. That's how he comes. And so Peter. Of course you know he. uh, He's hearing from God now. He gets things. He knows things. He sees things. And. uh, Jesus I don't know. What's going on with Jesus but. No, this suffering and dying stuff? Oh, no, 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 no. Jesus, I need to talk to you. Now, you're laughing, but this is a strong word. Peter did what? With the master, he did what? He did what? No. Huh? He did what? Who? No. See, we're talking about being aware. If you understand how the enemy works, before anything else was said, you'd know this can't be right. Wrong spirit. I don't care what scripture they're quoting. I don't care what what they're saying. This is wrong. This is a wrong spirit. Rebuking your leader. Hmm? straightening out the one you learned everything you know through in a few hours you've gone from student to teacher the master needs a little correction today (laughs) and Peter is going to help him out He uh, he took him and began to rebuke him. He said, be it far from you, Lord. This shall not be to you. No. Let me read this to you from the CEV. The, what is that? The uh, complete English, I believe it is. CEV. It said, uh, from then on, Jesus began telling his disciples what would happen to him. He said, I must go to Jerusalem, and there the nation's leaders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law of Moses will make me suffer terribly. I'll be killed, but three days later, I'll rise to life. This is the CEV. I thought it was complete English. Uh, Verse 22, I'll just read it to you. Jesus, Peter took Jesus aside. And told him to stop talking like that. Told him to stop talking like that. And he said, God would never let this happen to you, Lord. Got God in it. Why? Because everybody knows he heard from God just earlier today. Is it possible? For a child of God even. Born again. Tongue talking. Bible toting. Scripture quoting. Hallelujah shouting. Child of God. To yield to the Holy Spirit in the morning. 
and yield to a wrong spirit in the evening. Is it possible? It is. It happens all too often. Just because it's spiritual doesn't make it God. Just because it's real doesn't make it God. That's why the scripture said, test the spirits. Test them. Check them. Try them. How how, how do I do that? You do it, first of all, with the written word of God. Right? That's how Jesus resisted. It is written. It is written. It is written. You do it also by the Spirit of God, the author of the book, who's within you. And he will help you detect things like we're talking about, about the nature of the enemy in contrast to the nature of God. God is love. The devil's selfish. God is honor. The devil is dishonor, disrespect. God won't force you to do anything. The devil will force you if you don't resist him. Can you see this? Just learning the natures of the of good and evil. Let me keep reading. Peter took Jesus aside, told him to stop talking like that. He said, God would never let this happen to you. And Jesus turned to Peter and said, Satan? Huh? Get away from me. Get behind me. You know, I... I thought about this at one point about the behind me. I actually looked up all the words that were translated this and to make sure I, I thought, well, do I want the devil behind me? <laughs> Wouldn't that be kind of dangerous? You know, <laughs> back there where you can't see. <laughs> I have interesting thoughts when I'm studying. <laughs> and the Lord helped me to see. He said the only time the devil can cause you a problem is when you're following him. That was worth you coming to church for this morning, right? Huh? That's that's what he's talking about there because other scriptures talk about people who actually are following after Satan. And he can't hurt you behind you. And that's great news too. And I mean, he it don't matter what he wants to do back there. <laughs> Because if I'm not yielding to him, he can't say anything. He can't do anything. It's like he's not there. The way he can hurt me is if he's in front of me and I'm following him. He will lead me into destruction and confusion and death and deception and all that junk if I follow him into it. Get behind me, he said. You're in my way. You think like everyone else and not like God, the scripture said. You're seeing things from just a human point of view, not from God's. The NCV, the new century, I guess it is. Peter took Jesus aside and told him, don't talk like that. He said, God save you from those things, Lord. Those things will never happen to you. Why would Jesus say, get behind me, Satan? Is Peter Satan? No. Well, why did Jesus say it? Because that was Satan talking right then, not Peter. It was Satan talking through a close, confident, and helper of Jesus who had yielded to the Holy Spirit 
and got life-changing revelation from God a few hours earlier. Do we need to know these things? What did 1 John tell us to do about this? Test the spirits. Huh? Every, 2 Corinthians 10 talks about this. Though we walk in the flesh, we don't war after the flesh. The weapons of our warfare, they're not natural, fleshly, carnal, but they're mighty through God. To the pulling down of strongholds. How do we do it? Casting down imagination. See, this is a scenario in which Jesus avoids suffering and pain. This is an imagination. This is a thought. Where did it come from? It came from Satan himself. Trying to interrupt and mess with God's plan. And and Jesus, one translation said that Jesus said, You are a danger to me. And the word is the word for snare. You're trying to trip me. You're trying to trick me and trip me. Was Jesus aware? Huh? Was he aware when those closest to him were yielding to the Holy Spirit and God the Father? Yes, he was. Was he aware when those closest to him were yielding to the enemy and a wrong spirit? And he would not give one inch of place. He he wasn't willing to discuss that with Peter. And I suspect Peter got the message when Jesus turned around and said, Get behind me, Satan. I would imagine Peter said, Ooh, oh, ah, ee. I, 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 I guess I, I done missed it. And he probably went and had a time out or something. <laughs> because for one thing he knows, we're not talking about this. Can you see this? There's not going to be any discussion. Between him and Jesus about this subject. He brought up. And that was Jesus way of not giving. Any. Room. Or place. To the enemy. Trying to influence him. Through. Flesh he loved. See the enemy is counting on you. Caring so much about people. That you'll let his junk in. Through them. But what needed to happen. Is Peter. Hopefully he did realize. Oh man. I must have yielded to the wrong thing here. That's not God. That's not God. Maybe even his intention was good. But he's trying to talk Jesus out of the plan. Are these things real child of God? They are important. There's so much more, but stand on your feet.